1: Marshall Show this is Mark Romaldi in for Leslie Marshall. Leslie uh, Leslie has gotten over the flu, but unfortunately, her uh, eight-year-old daughter has it now and has it really bad, and she has to take her to an ear, nose, and throat specialist. So uh, Leslie's taking care of her, her little girl today, and uh, we didn't want to uh, leave you guys hanging, obviously, with so much to talk about. So. Uh, while Leslie's taking care of her daughter, we are pinching in to help her. And uh, we're going to have a great show today. I'm really psyched. We've got, uh, as always, our good friend of the show, Brad Bannon, who runs Bannon Communications Research, a polling message development and media firm which helps labor unions, progressive issue groups, and Democratic candidates win public affairs and political campaigns. Brad is also a senior advisor to and contributing editor for... The website, Tiller4u.com, that's T-I-L-L-E-R, the number 4, Y-O-U.com. You should definitely check it out. It's the social media network for politics. Uh, Speaking of social media, you can follow Brad on Twitter, at Brad Bannon. That's B-R-A-D-B-A-N-N-O-N. Always very uh, interesting tweets, a really great follow. I would highly recommend. If you'd like to follow myself, if you're not already doing so, it's at Mark J. Grimaldi. That's M-A-R-K-J-G-R-I-M-A-L-D-I. And you can always follow along online with uh, Leslie's stream. That's Spreaker.com forward slash Leslie Marshall. And uh, we're also doing the show on Periscope today, so you can get us a lot of different ways. As always, you're welcome to call in at eight 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 six Leslie. That's eight 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 six five three seven five four three. Brad, very excited to have you for all three hours today. Uh, we'll just I'm just going to be completely open today. Brad and I were planning on doing. Uh, Four to six, and I'm sitting there going over the materials. Haven't even showered yet today because there's just so much news. And I'm looking at them, and I'm going, you know what? If I can get Brad on for all three hours, I'm going to take him because uh, just full disclosure, the last few days when we've talked, I like half of the materials I still want to get through with you just because there's so much to talk about. We we have trouble getting to. So there's just it's too important, Brad. I don't know. The, this feeling has come over me in the last 24 hours. I think it's just the closer we get. The more I feel obligated with whatever, you know, minute uh, form of power I have over communicating with the masses, I feel like it's my civic duty to do everything I can to inform people how important this election is. And to be completely frank, how important it is to make sure that Donald Trump is not president. And uh, I want to give people a tool. Which I discovered this morning thanks to my incredible wife uh, who informed me she was listening to, uh, give him credit, credit, great host, uh, Ari Ravenhoft, um, who hosts on SiriusXM Progress, I believe it's six, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern, I want to say. Um, he had on a representative from MoveOn.org, which, as you know, is a great progressive organization, and they have a really cool website, uh, which is called MoveOn.org forward slash win, and it allows you to uh, volunteer to stop Trump and help take back the Senate. Uh, If you go right to that website, it's very cool. You can go to it on your mobile device or on your computer if you want to just remember it in your head for when you get home in case you're driving in the car. It's moveon.org. If you live in Florida, North Carolina, Ohio, Pennsylvania, New Hampshire, Nevada, Arizona, or Iowa, you can do you can knock on doors you can even join their text messaging team if you don't have a lot of time you know the time it takes you to go on facebook and check what your friends are doing you can actually make a difference in the election if you don't live in a target swing state you can still make a difference you can call swing state voters you can ride the free bus to a swing state you can join their text messaging team there's so many different options you can do the the worst thing that you could do is wake up Wednesday morning and look back and think, oh, my God, what if I would have just done a couple more things to stop Donald Trump from being president? Because I want everybody to just take a minute, really pause here, and think about really close your eyes, unless you're driving, and absorb. what. How will you feel on Wednesday morning if Donald Trump is the next president of the United States? And just let that sink in, because that is a distinct possibility and it could happen. Don't fool yourselves. Everyone who thinks that this race is is over, the the polls have obviously tightened. You see that anything can happen and that's not scare tactics. That's the truth. If people don't get out and vote, the polls don't matter. And the Republicans have done a lot to try to disenfranchise voter, they've, voters, they've moved polling places, they've reduced early voting in swing states. You know, there was a report out that Duke uh, has their voting totals drastically down from 2008 and 2012. Well, you look why. They used to be able to vote on campus there at Duke University in North Carolina. They moved the polling place off campus. That's a huge, huge difference uh, in North Carolina. So, people, you have to get out and make up For those voters who are being disenfranchised, make sure you get involved. Don't just vote, but volunteer. That's my uh, soapbox for the beginning of the show, Brad. I want to welcome you in now and thank you for joining us. Well, uh,
2: there's a lot to talk about, and um, I advise your listeners to buckle their seatbelts because it's been a long time since they've had to put up with uh, three hours of me, so uh, good luck to
1: your listeners. Oh, we are we are honestly uh, privileged, all joking aside, Brad. Um, I want to start off with... Uh, the October jobs report, which really was just great news all, all around, honestly, um, you know, at, at first glance, you know, it looked good, but even further upon close inspection, it was even better. Um, in October, the economy added one hundred sixty-one thousand jobs, uh, and then unemployment fell below five percent which is a big thing mentally with Americans, 4.9%. If you remember Mitt Romney in the debates with President Obama, people thought he was crazy to say that he could get unemployment below 6%. President Obama, under his administration, we now have unemployment not only below 6%, below 5%. The other biggest news that, honestly, most economists I've been hearing today are pointing to even bigger than the unemployment rate, Brad, is that average hourly earnings which is closely tracked by the federal reserve for signs of inflation pressures rose 2.8 percent over the prior year which is the biggest jump since the financial crisis
2: yeah it is it's uh, great news Uh, the the usual focus is uh, on the jobs numbers the 161,000 new jobs but uh, the really big news is the Is what you just said is not only are uh, fewer Americans unemployed, uh, but the uh, part of the the workforce is getting better paid. And two point eight percent over the last year is a significant jump uh, because up till. You know, the last year or so, uh, the um, mean income has been going down. Uh, So this is a significant reversal of a very bad trend. And, you know, to give credit to Mitt Romney, uh, he made this possible by losing the election in 2012.
1: No, it's very true. I mean, the other thing that I think people should look at, Brad, and, and I'll pull up the numbers momentarily, but... Um, Moody's Economics or Moody's Analytics, which is a nonpartisan um, economic organization, rated um, and reviewed both presidential candidates' plans uh, for the economy. Donald Trump and uh, Hillary Clinton, and they analyzed in Hillary Clinton's plan over the next decade if her policies were implemented, it would uh, they would create. 10.4 million jobs, roughly. 10.4 million jobs, whereas if Donald Trump was president and his economic and immigration plans were implemented along with his uh, trade uh, policy that he's looking at trying to implement, they um, analyzed and said it would lose 3.5 million jobs. That is roughly a 14 million job difference if you and look at the a, two
2: plans. Yeah, there's a big reason for that, too. Uh, if you uh look at uh hillary clinton's uh uh economic proposal uh she talks about uh spending basically what hillary wants Clinton wants to do, which will create lot hundreds of thousands millions of jobs, is to pour a lot of money into repairing our aged and obsolete infrastructure uh, and she's going to get the money by from doing that uh by uh clamping down on corporations uh, and making them uh, pay taxes, uh, you know, big companies that establish a bogus uh, headquarters in uh, Sweden or something, but make all their money in the United States under Hillary Clinton's economic proposal. Firms like that, big firms like that, like Apple, are going to have to pay taxes in the United States where they make their money, not in Ireland or France uh, where they've established uh, fake corporate headquarters. And she's going to take the hundred billions of dollars she gets from that and plug them into repairing roads, bridges, mass transit systems, water systems, pollution control systems, all of which are badly outdated and falling apart. And all you have to do is look towards Flint, Michigan, Uh, an obsolete uh, water system that completely collapsed. And a lot of water systems are right across the country are in the same kind of shape that Flint was in before all hell broke loose there. And if we don't do something to repair them, as Hillary Clinton wants to, uh, we're going to have more disasters like we've had in Flint. Donald Trump uh, plan for repairing the infrastructure is to cross the fingers and hope you can get private companies to invest in that. So, uh, you know, part of that big discrepancy in the Moody's report is that Hillary Clinton will create a lot more jobs just from her infrastructure repair program.
1: Brad, I want to go to our first break, but for those who uh, want to join us, you can do so at eight 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 six. Leslie, that's eight 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 six five three. 7543. Coming up after the break, we're also going to talk about uh, a story that broke today from Newsweek's Kurt Eichenwald discussing Trump's baffling ties to Russia and how that could blow up the U.S. alliance with Britain and France. A truly uh, just astounding story. Also, uh, we're going to get to what was discovered uh, in the Bridgegate trial today. Um, and there was a verdict that was rendered. We're going to discuss that. And also any other topics you'd like to join us with, you can do so at 888 6 leslie That's 888-6. 537-543. This is Mark Ramaldi and Brad Bannon in for Leslie Marshall. And we'll be right back after this quick commercial break.
0: Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show. Eight 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 six Leslie.
1: Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Romaldi and Brad Bannon in for Leslie Marshall, taking your calls at 888 6 That's 888-653-7543. Uh, Brad, I just wanted to clarify, uh, or not even clarify, but just expand on what I was talking about with the Moody's uh, analytics. Uh, Moody's is a subsidiary of the credit rating and research agency Moody's Corporation. Uh, They are a nonpartisan agency that analyzed both candidates' economic proposals. They found that Clinton's plan for the economy would create 10.4 million jobs during her presidency, actually not over 10 years. So that was my mistake, over her presidency, which would be four years and accelerate the pace of GDP growth to an annual average of 2.7% from the current forecast of 2.3%. The same organization, Moody's Analytics, found that, quote, electing Donald Trump, president, would be terrible for the economy. The super rich would get richer and everyone else would be worse off, Moody's concludes. Just how bad would it get? The downturn under a President Trump would last longer than the Great Recession. About 3.5 million Americans would lose their jobs. Unemployment would jump back to 7%. Home prices would fall and the stock market would plummet, Moody's predicts, end quote. And that is from a CNN article quoting the Moody's Analytics uh, piece. Additionally, a separate study by Oxford Economics, so also non- Partisan quote found that if fully implemented, Trump's economic tax and immigrant policies would cost four million U.S. jobs, weigh down global growth and U.S. consumer spending, and could spark a trade war with other nations. End quote. Additionally, that same study found that a Trump presidency quote would cost the U.S. economy one trillion dollars over the next five years. End quote. That is staggering, Brad. Absolutely staggering. And the fact that it's not getting more coverage is is really just unbelievable
2: well yeah it's one of the great ironies of this whole campaign uh is that you've actually not heard very much discussion about the economy and uh and which is surprising because if you look at national polls, it still is the number one concern of Americans but uh you know this campaign really has been you know trading uh personal insults uh and uh there's really not much uh you know discussion of the issue that concerns most voters and you know uh if you look at uh you know if you look at uh, what Hillary Clinton has joined during the campaign uh she has uh very has issued very detailed uh plans uh for economic growth uh with all the i's dotted and the t's crossed uh and if you uh, look at Trump's Economic proposals, such as they are, uh, their budget basically it's very vague, uh, and there's uh, saying, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure just because I'm president, things are going to turn around, even though Moody's Analytics would just dis- respectfully disagree with them. But you know, it's, all you have to do is go to Hillary Clinton's website, and you can find pages and pages and pages of economic proposals, which are very detailed. Uh, and I think one of the problems that uh, Moody's had with the Trump economic program, it, a lot of it, the numbers don't even add up. Uh, he's talking about, uh, you know, uh, government savings, which will be impossible, uh, to, for the United States to recover. Uh, he is going to reduce taxes among, uh, corporations, uh, which, uh, means that uh, the, the federal government will have a lot less money coming in, uh, which destabilizes the economy. Uh, so it, it's no wonder, and the only really interesting thing is not so much the difference between the candidates, but, uh, we've had so much, uh, so little talk about an issue that's such a big concern to voters.
1: Yeah, Brad. And, you know, I actually uh, wrote my first blog for Daily Kos called Why I Support Hillary Clinton, the Issues. And um, in my piece, you know, I found it ironic uh, what you were just talking about with coverage of the issues and people wonder why. I think this is by design. If you look at the Democratic primary debates between Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders, the biggest disagreements in their debates seem to be who wanted to go further on strengthening Obamacare, who was stronger on common sense gun reforms and who had a better plan to make college more affordable for young Americans while lessening the crushing burden of student loan debt. But if you flip over to the Republican side, it was Trump running the show and turning the GOP primary into one of his reality shows with personal attacks like Little Marco and Lion Ted, whose father Trump implied was involved with the assassination of JFK, thanks to an article in the National Enquirer. Really, that happened. The National Enquirer, let's not forget. Oh, and also, he brought up a crucial issue that affects the lives of so many Americans, the size of his package. So, of course, as soon as Trump won the GOP Nomination, and even before then, he was happy to turn the narrative between he and Hillary Clinton into talking about anything but the issues. So I'm happy that, you know, this jobs report has forced people to get back on issues, which ultimately affects the lives of Americans, not this BS, you know, reality show stuff with Trump. So uh, we're going to get more into that after this break. Eight 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 six. leslie is the number to join us. 888-653-7543. This is Mark Romaldi and Brad Bannon in for Leslie Marshall. Uh, if you'd like to uh, call us, uh, you may have to just wait until one of the lines opens up. We do have a full board right now, but as soon as you hear us finish with the caller, which we're going to go to in the next segment. You are welcome to call in as soon as we uh, let them go, and you'll get your place in line. If you call in this hour, we will get to you uh, during the show, going all the way from now until 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Mark Romaldi and Brad Bannon in for Leslie Marshall, and we'll be right back after this quick commercial break. Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Romaldi and Brad Bannon in for Leslie Marshall. About to go to your calls in just a second, as promised. Uh, before we go to Ishmael in Virginia, I want to just give uh, our listeners some information regarding the topic that uh, he's going to be bringing up. Uh, this is according to uh, HuffPost, and I've also seen it circulating in some uh, other uh, publications after there was uh, an interview done about it on CNN. Uh, and the, uh, the title of the article is entitled Rudy, Rudy Julie Giuliani confirms FBI insiders leaked information to the Trump campaign. Uh, Rudy Giuliani said Friday that he knew the FBI planned to review more emails tied to Hillary Clinton before a public announcement about the investigation last week, confirming that the agency leaked information to Donald Trump's presidential campaign. The former New York City mayor and Trump surrogate has recently Dropped a series of hints that he knew in advance that the fbi planned to look at emails potentially connected to clinton's pri- uh, private server the agency as many of you know discovered the messages while investigating former representative anthony weiner for allegedly sexting with a minor weiner's estranged wife huma abedin is a top aide to clinton giuliani has bragged about his close ties to the fbi for months mentioning in interviews that quote outri- outraged fbi agents ...have told him they're frustrated by how the Clinton investigation was handled. And two days before that, before FBI Director James Comey announced that the agency was reviewing the newly uncovered emails, Giuliani teased that Trump's campaign had, quote, a couple surprises left. Quote, you'll see, and I think it will be enormously effective, he said in an interview with Fox News. All of this has led to suspicion that someone in the FBI is leaking information to Giuliani in the Trump campaign. The Daily Beast's Wayne Barrett explored those suspicions on Thursday... Detailing how Giuliani's ties to the agency date back to his days as a U.S. attorney in the 1980s. Giuliani confirmed that notion Friday during an appearance on Fox and Friends. Quote, I did nothing to get it out. I had no role in it. He said, did I hear about it? You're darn right I heard about it. And I can't even repeat the language that I heard from the former FBI agents. Giuliani also said he expected Comey's announcement to come weeks before it did. Quote, I had expected this for the last, honestly, to tell you. I thought it was going to be about three or four weeks ago because way back in July this started. They kept getting stymied, looking for subpoenas, looking for records, he said. FBI officials knew about the newly discovered emails weeks before Comey's announcement, according to multiple reports. Giuliani insisted he had nothing to do with Comey's decision to announce the probe prior to Election Day, a move that both Republicans and Democrats have condemned. He also insisted... His information comes from, quote, former FBI agents, quote, I'm really careful not to talk to any on duty active FBI agents. I don't want to put them in compromising position, but I sure have a lot of friends who are retired FBI agents, close personal friends. He said, all I heard were former FBI agents telling me that there's a revolution going on inside the FBI, and now it's at a boiling point. Trump Press Secretary Hope Hicks did not immediately return request for comment. I bet she didn't. Brad, this is pretty astounding.
2: Yeah, uh, it is. Uh, you know, I, I think the most interesting thing that happened is that uh, uh, I guess on Thursday uh, uh, on Fox News uh, there was a news report uh, that the uh, that uh, they were close to indicting Hillary Clinton because of her links to the Clinton Foundation as Secretary of State. Uh, yesterday, uh, today uh, they were forced. Uh, to uh, recant that story uh, because apparently uh, they really didn't have a source for the story and just shows you I think what Giuliani is talking about uh... The Trump supporters, like really, uh, Rudy Giuliani, still have a lot of clout inside the FBI because U.S. Uh, Giuliano was a uh, U.S. attorney for the uh, Southern District of New York. Uh, and uh, they're trying to pull strings uh, with their friends in the FBI uh, to uh, ding Hillary Clinton uh, as late as possible in the election as they can. But, you know, they basically failed because what happened was If you look at the national polls, Hillary's numbers did go down last weekend after the uh, letter from Comey was announced. But starting early this week, her numbers have been steadily climbing again. And I think basically what the Comey letter did was knock her down from about a four-point lead to a two-point lead, but now she seems to be on the up-ten a little bit as she's had a chance to defend herself and reply to the Comey letter. Mark, I have a question for you. Sure. In the previous segment, you referred uh, to the uh, size of Trump's package. Could you clarify what you meant
1: by that? Oh, boy. I, you know, it's pretty amazing we have to talk about this stuff when there's these serious issues going on. But it's just like people forget, I think, because he's done so many outrageous things, that that's the kind of news that is dominated instead of things that clearly affect people's lives, like jobs reports, like nonpartisan organizations with such huge disparity in the amount of jobs that they predict each economic plan will produce. If that was, I feel like, any other election cycle, that would be just – that's all people would be talking about. That would be the first question in the debates. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think given the current economic, uh, uh, political climate, you're going to have to be a lot more careful about using that phrase from
1: now on. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, yeah. I want to go to Ishmael in Virginia, who uh, is actually uh, responsible for helping to bring up this topic, which I had seen earlier today but uh, didn't get a chance to put in my material. So thank you for bringing that to our attention, and go ahead with your thoughts on the uh, Giuliani topic. Uh, Ishmael, thanks for calling.
3: Thank you. Hello, Mark, and I'm glad to be listening to you Thank you. What well, what I wanted to know, I think this situation warrants an investigation. If the FBI is really serious about finding out where the leak comes from, they can start with Gene Lenny. He's not a reporter. He doesn't have no privileges. He needs to be investigated and prosecuted and, and 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 so they can find out where the leak is. This is not the FBI is the last resort. You know, they're the people supposed to be fair and in investigating any issue. They're not supposed to be partisan.
1: It's a, it's a really good point, you know, especially they're not supposed to be partisan, number one, but they're definitely not supposed to be leaking any sort of information, whether it's current or former FBI officials, because obviously those former FBI officials, if they really are in the know, are hearing it from current FBI officials. I mean, that's how a leak happens. So, yeah, and I mean, you, you just can't
2: say stuff like that. Well, the other day when Fox News reported uh, that FBI sources had uh, uh, said that there was a real, uh, a serious probability that uh, they were going to indict hillary clinton you can't say that stuff uh for one thing you just can't leak that kind of information it's not the fbi that decides to indict um, it is the uh, uh the attorney general uh and usually in a case like this uh it would be a uh, uh, the case before indictments would issue, it would go to a group of average uh, jury uh, who would decide whether or not there is enough evidence uh, to indict. Uh, and so the FBI, uh, the, the supposed FBI link which was false to begin with. Uh, really, presumes uh, you know cutting the just uh, the mm-hmm. parts away, and it is. You know, I think, as Meal you know, mentions an uh, investigation, I'm sure if Hillary Clinton is elected president, uh, she uh, is going to mount an investigation, uh, because it's my understanding that, uh, she will not be able to automatically replace Comey, uh, because he was appointed to a 10-year term. Uh, and uh, but I suspect they're going to look into this and if they found out uh, the FBI was leaking this information about a federal uh, investigation that hasn't gone to a grand jury yet, uh, heads are going to roll.
1: Yeah, and just to speak to your point, Brad, about this story being proven false, NBC's uh, NBC News' Pete Williams, who's a very well-respected uh, reporter, Uh, He reported yesterday on MSNBC's Meet the Press Daily uh, that he refuted much of the reporting from Wall Street Journal and Fox News regarding a likely indictment regarding an FBI investigation into the Clinton Foundation. As many know, Fox's Brett Baer later backed off, saying the indictment comment was, quote, inartfully answered. Uh, Speaking to Chuck Todd, Williams claimed that via his own law enforcement sources, uh, there doesn't actually appear to be much of an investigation.
2: Uh, well, yeah, and you. Know, one of the things that came out yesterday on the uh, the, the uh, CNN show, Reliable Sources, is uh, Brian uh, Saltle. I believe is the name of the host uh, said that uh, talked about the Fox apology, Bear's apology, and uh, he said uh, uh, Bear's report uh, was not in artful language; it was just plain wrong.
1: Yeah, and and um, speaking to Chuck, Todd Williams claimed that via his own law enforcement sources there doesn't actually appear to be much of an investigation, let alone one that will result in indictments. Quote, there really isn't one, Williams answered Todd regarding the status of the investigation quote Few want to call it an investigation that's a term of art in the FBI there was an initial inquiry that was opened a couple of months ago based largely on media reports and a book called Clinton Cash Williams also addressed a fox story that states there was a 99% chance that five foreign intelligence entities breached Hillary Clinton's private email server Williams tossed cold water on that one as well stating "Quote: There is no such view, and that they found no positive proof of successful hacks." Meanwhile, also ABC News said there was no merit to the reports that the FBI is seriously investigating the Clinton Foundation. ABC's report also stated that while there had been conversation within the department about the matter, nothing had been pursued, and there is no reason that there would be charges pressed at this time. So, a complete and not
2: that anyone cares, but uh, weeks. Federal investigations are illegal and punished by jail time. Not that anyone seems to care, uh, but it's a serious breach of federal law to leak uh, the uh, result. uh, You know, a anything preliminary, uh, any preliminary uh, investigations before you make a decision whether to issue an indictment or not. So somebody at the FBI is going to pay the price for this. Maybe it's Comey, maybe it's someone else, but someone's going to pay the price for this.
1: Yeah, good points, Brad Ishmael. Thanks for your call. I want to go next to Northampton, Massachusetts, uh, where we have uh, a a caller going by uh, Never Change. Thanks for calling in. I know you wanted to get a point across as well.
4: Hi, uh, first-time caller, so bear with me. I might be a little nervous.
1: No problem. Take your time. No rush.
4: Uh, Thank you. Um. Well, I've been pro democracy my whole life, pro voting, and up until a week ago, I was doing my part to get out the vote, talking to everybody I met about, "Are you going to vote?" And I, um, but since then, I at age fifty nine, I suddenly woke up and realized that there's um, it's impossible to vote. And protect your privacy. And I want to know um, where is the constitutionality in our voter registration system? How? Uh, why should we have to register at all? We should just be able to vote. Um, and now that everything, now that we have the internet. Um, uh, the, the matter of a person's personal information being public record—it's all the more um, now. If when my information goes out, it goes out all over the world because of the internet.
1: It's a very interesting point. You know, I think there's been calls for, and this is not. Uh, directly I guess wouldn't directly address it but there's been some calls for improvement like in Oregon for instance that you're automatically registered to vote when you turn uh, 18 through the DMV where you don't even have to do it uh, it's just automatically registered because you're of age you're registered and there's it's a very popular initiative in Oregon uh, we also have in Colorado this year I know and this is more of having but Mark that would be a yeah, real well- worse yeah, well, hold time time on. To Wait to one two second, two. Brad. One second. Sorry. Why do you think that would be worse? I'm sorry. Go ahead.
4: To make it mandatory.
1: Well, it addresses the fact that if there's still a requirement to register to vote, I understand your thing is why should you have to at all? But what I'm saying is if you're required to, at least that takes care of the fact that you you don't have to go through the process of it. But I understand to your point is you want the privacy of not having to go through that process while still being able to exercise your right to vote. Is that correct?
4: I don't want everybody in the world to know my name
2: and where I live.
1: I think that's a fair point, actually, Brad, and I really haven't heard that brought up. What are your your thoughts on that, Brad?
2: Well, first of all, the Constitution is actually part of the problem here, uh, because it specifically says in the Constitution uh, that the states should decide uh... how they administer uh, elections even for federal office uh... and that's why one of the reasons our democracy is shaky is because you have fifty states and fifty different election laws and some of them are, you know, I mean, uh, you mentioned uh, Oregon. Uh, Oregon doesn't even have polling places anymore. Uh, you just send your the secretary of state, sends you a ballot, you fill it out uh, and send it back to the secretary of state. Um, other states, I think Minnesota might be one, too. You can just basically uh, walk in and vote without even being registered. Uh, so the problem is that, in order to change the voting rules, you would have to change the, Congress, uh, the part of the Constitution that delegates uh, setting election rules to the states. And until then, we're going to have six to 50 different set of election laws. Wow. And it's chaos. I mean, you know, just what happened during the primaries, in some states, independents, could vote in primaries in some states like new york for example uh independents can't vote in primaries. And again, it's because each state has their own election law, uh, and it makes uh, a national election, it introduces chaos into a national election. Uh, and, uh, you know, as long as we have 50 states with 50 different election laws, uh, we're always going to have problems like this. And one thing we probably should do is nationalize elections, but that would require uh, an amendment to the Constitution.
1: Does that help answer your question?
4: Are there other countries who have uh, nationalized elections? Oh, yeah,
2: most countries do. Uh, Most countries do have nationalized elections.
4: Without without registration?
2: I believe so, yes. Uh, And the problem is that, you know, I teach a political science class, and I always remind my students, uh, that the United States has election, it has a political system that is completely unlike any other political system in the world. And, uh, one of the, one of it has to do with the way, uh, national elections are set up and leaving it to the states instead of letting the national government conduct, conduct the elections. Uh, so it's a god awful mess, but I don't really see, uh, it changing, uh, much at all. You know, I remember, uh, back in 1992, uh, when Ross Perot was running for president against uh, the first President Bush and Bill Clinton, uh, Perot uh, no, made note of the uh, improvements in technology, uh, and Perot's idea was to have national referendums on key issues. Uh, you know, like whether we should go to war or not, or whether we should increase taxes uh, and have them on the Internet. And this is back in 1992. But we really need to reform. The other problem, it seems to me, in uh, American elections is that states hire private companies to uh, uh administer the election uh provide the voting machines uh and all that kind of stuff and it's easy for instance uh, uh back in 2004 uh the presidential race uh was decided uh by uh, uh uh, George W. Bush winning a very narrow majority in Ohio, and that gave him enough electoral votes to beat John Kerry. Well, it turns out that the voting machines uh, that Ohio used came from a company uh, that had uh, ties to uh, George Bush, George W. Bush's top political advisor, Karl Rove. Uh, so an incident like that uh, should make you worry about uh, the integrity of the election process.
1: Thank you for your call. Never change. Feel free to call in any time. Brad, uh, thanks for helping us with the answer there. Uh, a wealth of knowledge, if you, as you just heard. Brad's going to be with us for the next two hours. We're going to be right back after this quick commercial break. Mark Romali and Brad Bannon in for Leslie Marshall. We've got one line open now if you'd like to get in the action. 888-653. That's 888-653-7543.
0: You're listening to The Leslie Marshall Show. Truth for all sides of the spectrum. 888 6 Leslie.
1: Bannon in for excuse me, this is Mark Remoli and Brad Bannon in for Leslie Marshall. I just want to uh, give some information provided by my great assistant producer, Andrew Tomedy. Uh, Here's how some of the voting uh, registration systems work in other industrialized nations similar to the United States. In the United Kingdom, voter registration is compulsory, but the requirement to register is rarely enforced. The current system of registration in the U.K. introduced by the labor government is known as rolling registration Electors can register with a local authority at any time of the year. In Germany, all permanent residents of Germany are required to register their place of residence or the fact that they are homeless uh, with local government. In Finland, voter registration uh, is automatic and based on the national population register. Each citizen is assigned an identification number at birth. In Israel... All citizens who are 18 years of age or older on Election Day are automatically registered to vote. In Italy, all municipalities have a registry of residents and a registry of eligible voters. This is revised every six months and whenever there is an election. And in Norway, all citizens and residents of Norway are included in the National Register, uh, where each person is assigned a personal number of 11 digits which uh, include the person's date of birth. So uh, pretty interesting to see uh, what these other countries do. We're going to be back uh, after this commercial break with Brad Bannon. This is Mark Grimaldi in for Leslie Marshall along with Brad Bannon. Uh, you can get in line now if you want to join us at 888 6 That's 888 6537 and we'll be right back after this quick commercial break.
0: The Marshall Show, a true democracy in talk radio of, for, and by you, the people.
1: Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Romaldi and Leslie Marshall, excuse me, and Brad Bannon in for Leslie Marshall. Uh, in case you weren't listening in the first hour, Leslie is taking care of her daughter who unfortunately caught the nasty, uh, flu that Leslie had been battling for the last week and she's got a fever. So Leslie's going to take her to the doctor and, uh, Well, she's taking care of her little girl. We're going to try to take care of you all. So thanks for joining us. Uh, In case you missed the first hour, this is Mark Romaldi, Leslie's executive producer. I'm joined by Brad Bannon, who runs Bannon Communications Research, a polling message development and media firm which helps labor unions, progressive issue groups, and Democratic candidates win public affairs and political campaigns. Brad is also a senior advisor to and contributing editor for Tiller4U.com, the social media network for politics. He lectures in political science at salem state university in salem massachusetts you can follow him on twitter at brad bannon uh, as promised brad we're going to go right back to uh calls next we go to sam in cleveland sam thanks for joining us and go ahead with your thoughts
5: hey uh i actually have two questions uh the first one uh goes to what you were just discussing i i had recently uh read that uh you know, back in 2007 and 8, apparently there were quite a few politically motivated hires into the FBI in New York City. It seems to be that you know it seems like there's now a a, a core group of people hired by the Bush administration that are kind of behind this. I don't know if you can confirm that or um, I mean, elaborate on that.
1: Essentially, uh, you know, I have uh, no disagreements about your statement there from what i've heard as well the 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 issue seems to be leaks coming from uh the fbi's new york field office uh which could be you know rogue agents there's been there's a report out yesterday calling some of the fbi quote-unquote trump land which is pretty disturbing because obviously it's supposed to be uh,
2: yeah i can give you a very specific Yeah, go ahead, Brad. Thank you. Uh, A very specific example um, is the FBI director, James Comey, uh, was an official in the Justice Department uh, while George W. Bush was president. Uh, The folks who run the FBI... Uh, in New York, um, are all buddies of worked with Rudy Giuliani when he was a U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of New York. Uh, so Rudy Giuliani does have a lot of buddies in the FBI who he worked with when he was U.S. Attorney. James Comey is uh, worked in the Bush administration, and not only that, uh, when Giuliani uh, acknowledged today that he had F- former FBI agents had leaked information about the. Uh, possibility of indictments. Uh, Rulli Giuliani just admitted that those FBI agents committed committed a federal crime because it is illegal, it is against federal law, to leak the results of an investigation. Uh, So you've got all sorts of uh, problem areas uh, in the relationship between the FBI and the uh, Trump campaign, and uh, this does a lot, I think, to undermine the FBI's integrity. And as I said in the previous segment, somebody in the FBI is going to pay a price for this.
5: Sam? Yes. Okay, thank you. And then the other thing was uh, on a slightly different topic, but uh, I just found out something about a writer that uh, Rubio actually placed into the omnibus bill that eliminated the government uh, reimbursements to insurance companies that is basically at the root cause of the Obamacare increases right now. Um, If this is true, I mean, we're missing an opportunity. These increases should have been called the Rubio increases, if this is his uh, way that caused this. It is true.
2: Uh, Rubio did get a rider into the final, uh, Obamacare, uh, legislation, uh, that prohibited the reimbursements. Uh, so you're right on target here. Uh, you know, it's, if, it, you know, there are problems with, uh, Obamacare, uh, and insurance companies dropping out, uh, it is Marco
5: Rubio's fault. Well, again, yeah, these should be called the Rubio increases. And well, it should preparing. be, absolutely right. Okay, that's I just wanted to make that point. I was outraged when I found that out and I and I imagine a lot of people would
1: be outraged. Yeah, and it's a, it was a little, you know, a small uh, discussion, you know, about it, but it definitely did not uh, get the attention that it deserved, especially considering how significant it is that he was the one who put the rider in the, the bill that needed to be passed. I believe, was it an omnibus budget bill, Brad, if I'm not yes, mistaken? Yes, it was. Yes, so, obviously, right. they needed to pass it, and, you know, he put in, obviously, it w- other bills would be considered a poison pill, but knowing that it needed to be passed, he leveraged that, knowing that it would bring about rate hikes that he thought, would hurt uh, President Obama's legacy, but in the meantime, he's hurting uh, real Americans who are having to pay a price because of this. So it's a great point to bring up, and Sam, I I appreciate you doing so.
2: Next, Let me say one more thing about it. You know, the Rubio increase, and I think you're right, Sam, in calling it that, uh, is just one of the many things that Republicans have done since Obamacare passed to sabotage the law. Remember... Uh, since Obamacare became law, the Republicans in the House of Representatives have voted close to 60 times, 60 times, uh, to repeal the thing. And even though they've had the time, they've gone to the time and trouble of repeal, trying to repeal Obamacare, close to sixty times they've never had took the time or trouble to actually propose an alternative to obamacare uh... and before, you know if they are really concerned about obamacare uh... you know as a threat to the country they should actually propose an alternative to it which they haven't done since we've been talking about the law for the last six years
1: Thanks for that, Brad. Next, we're going to go to, uh, we've got Michael in New Mexico on line three. Michael, go ahead with your thoughts. Thanks for joining us today.
6: Yeah, you were talking about the economic repercussions should Trump be elected.
1: Yes, you wanted to speak and to that point, correct?
6: I I wanted to make the point that the economic devastation would actually, it's it, 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 Trump is, is the effect not the cause the cause is that such a huge percentage of the american electorate is dumb enough to fall for something shiny dangled in front of their face and not capable of complex thinking things through uh when they dis- when they designed our democracy they uh, uh Samuel Adams uh, made the observation that this would only be successful with an educated citizenry. And at that time, we were the marvel of the world. We had the highest literacy rate. Uh, anybody, I, I, and, and the, Our schools are not actually broken. The terrifying thought is that they are working successfully to turn crank out citizens uh, the way we have in the day that will vote for people like Sarah Palin a couple cycles ago and Donald Trump. Anybody who's interested in looking how our schools are deliberately designed for this, I would recommend them John Taylor Gatto's Underground History of Education in the United States, an intimate look into the prison system of compulsory schooling. So we have a bigger problem because on November 9th we're going to wake up inside of a country with just as many dumbos.
1: No, we need to do a better job of education uh, in our country yeah. and, and political education, to be frank. Brad and I were just talking about how, you know, with all the serious hard news that's out there, the the stuff that's being covered is a direct uh, response to the news covering Donald Trump like a reality star and the presidential election like a reality show. So in the meantime, it's on us to treat it seriously and do what we're doing, which is talk about the issues and also highlight the hypocrisy and highlight the fact that this is happening and bring it to people's attention. So when they see the news, they can uh, the fact that they have to do it is sad, but filter through what's really news and what's not really news. Because at this point, the way that it's being covered, we need to do so. Uh, the other thing that I would argue is that the, another effect of getting poisonous the poisonous effect of money out of politics. Uh, it encourages people to talk about the issues more because that's what people care about, and that's what we can do by overturning Citizens United, something that you know, has been discussed at length on this program. Yeah, let, let
2: me give, uh, let me give uh, in answering this question, let me uh, offer a couple points. One is um, I often uh, teach uh, the uh, Intro to uh, American Government course, uh, and it is amazing. How, few, how little uh, the students I teach in the intro course know about American government and politics, uh, I remember once I think the first semester I was back teaching, I mentioned something about Franklin Delano Roosevelt, and the students look at me like I had three heads who 's this you know fdi guy FDR guy you're talking about. And I think part of the problem is uh when I went to high school, uh they had the I civics classes where they taught us about the government system. Um I think in the last few years uh because of budget cutbacks, uh a lot of high schools in the United States have don't teach civics anymore. Uh and that contributes to the problem Michael's talking about and he's absolutely right. For example, uh the last two recessions we've had that uh, won the recession in 2008, uh, and then the recession in 1991, both occurred under Republican presidents named Bush. Uh, in the last generation, only uh, one president has left office with a balanced budget, uh, and that was a Democrat uh, named Bill Clinton. And you're right. Uh, you, if you would listen to the de- discourse, uh, you'd think it was the Democrats who were the budget busters. Uh, you'd think, it w- think it's the Democrats who caused recessions. Uh, but you can blame both things on Republican presidents. Uh, and I think you're right. That's partly because we don't teach kids um, about po- American politics anymore, and it's a big loss.
1: Michael, thank you for your call. We're going to go to uh, our first break of the hour here. If you'd like to get in line now, we're going to have a line open in just a moment, 8886 Leslie. That's 888-653-7543. This is Mark Romaldi and Brad Bannon in for Leslie Marshall. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break.
0: Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show, 8-6 Leslie.
1: Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Romaldi and Brad Bannon in for Leslie Marshall. Going right back to the calls as promised. Uh, next, we go to Jose in Miami. Jose, welcome to the show. Thanks for calling us today.
7: What's going on, buddy? So I wanted to make a quick point because I just, I just really can't believe she's either she's she's this blind. Um, I heard Hillary Clinton is campaigning with Jay Z today. Is that correct?
1: Uh, I saw... I, I believe that's correct, because I, yeah, I saw they were supposed to be... Do- is that in Florida, was it, Jose? Was that in Florida? I'm, I, I, think-
7: I believe so. I believe it was. I believe it was in, uh, in, in Florida. This this is the thing. I mean, I know that the black turnout, uh, the black voter turnout is down, but does she think that going out to campaign with Jay-Z is going to be... If Donald Trump were to do that, they'd call him a racist for picking a rapper to go ahead and pander the black voters out of anybody else she she could have picked... And then she picks Jay-Z, who let's not get started on the lyrics. I love Jay-Z's music, but it's, it's to highlight hypocrisy, she's talking about the way Trump disrespects women, and I don't want to start reading off Jay-Z lyrics to you. She's campaigning with this guy. All it's, right, it's, so, it's just, it's just ridiculous. so
1: you're telling me that you have to worry about, because Hillary Clinton is having an artist or a rapper, a musician, who you don't agree with his lyrics because you perceive them as being misogynistic, So that's somehow the connection to Hillary Clinton. Let's just take a stroll down memory lane about Donald Trump's misogyny. This was before the Billy Bush tape. Let's take a listen.
8: Bimbo. Dog. Fat pig. Real quotes from Donald Trump about women. A person who is very flat chested is very hard to be a 10.
4: I'd look her right in that fat, ugly face of hers. Look at that face. Would anyone vote for that?
3: She had the height, she had the beauty. She was crazy, but these are minor details.
8: I like kids. I mean, I won't do anything to take care of them. I'll supply funds, and she'll take care of the kids. You know, it really doesn't matter what they write, as long as you've got a young and beautiful piece of s
3: That must be a pretty picture, you dropping to your
6: knees.
8: There was blood coming out of her eyes. Blood coming out of her...
4: wherever.
6: Women,
8: you have to treat them like This... Is how Donald Trump talks about our mothers, our sisters,
4: our daughters.
1: That was before we heard the Billy Bush tape and before 12 women came forward to accuse Donald Trump of sexually assaulting or groping them. I can't even play. That whole tape on the air, but because we've heard it, let's take another stroll down memory lane and com- compare that to what you're talking about because Hillary Clinton is campaigning with a rapper whose lyrics and music and art you determine to be misogynistic. Let's compare that with Donald Trump's real words. This, of course, is from 2005. I moved on her. Actually, you know, she was down on Palm Beach. I moved on her and fail. I'll admit it. I did try to F her. She was married. And then he says, I moved on her like a B-word, but I couldn't get there and she was married. Then all of a sudden I see her. She's now got the big phony breasts, let's say, but that's not the word he used and everything. She's totally changed her look. And then let's say uh, this I can play, I believe. So I'm just going to be trying to be careful about what I play on air. But I believe this is FCC compliant. So let's hear what Donald Trump said in the rest of that tape
5: i got to use some Tic Tacs just in case they start kissing her. You know, I'm automatically attracted to beautiful. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. You just kiss. Right away. And when you're a they let you do it. You can do anything. Whatever you want. Grab them by the pussy.
1: So Jay-Z campaigning with Hillary Clinton, that's bad. But Donald Trump, yeah, that that's really, those two things are totally on the same level, Jose, right? You're
7: not letting me, you're, you're totally twisting what I'm saying, though. I didn't say what you said I said. I said that I enjoy his music. I like Jay-Z's music. I'm highlighting the hypocrisy because Jay-Z, if you want me to read the lyric, because you you had a lot of time to prep for this call, so I see that you pulled up all this audio – I can read lyrics of Jay-Z. I have Jay-Z's albums. I know
1: exactly what he says. It's laughable that you're telling me that a rapper who is campaigning with Hillary Clinton, that puts her on the level of Donald Trump who has said these exact things. Dude, come on. Bring something better to the air. This is pathetic. Like, Step up to the plate next time. Don't come at me soft like that. That is a ridiculous argument. If you're going to come at me and say that that Hillary Clinton is somehow hypocritical because Jay-Z has misogynistic lyrics, did you not think, that in that argument someone was gonna bring up Donald Trump's
7: actual words? Nobody said that you wouldn't bring that up. Obviously I expected that, but what I'm telling you, I'm not I'm not apologizing for Trump. I didn't say Trump is right. What I'm telling you is if you're going to say Trump did something, how are you gonna campaign with somebody who also disrespects women on his lyrics? That's all I'm he's saying. He's
1: a musician. People sing about things. That's different than openly saying you grab women by the Wait a minute, I just let you t- did I interrupt you one time yet? <laughs> did I no, interrupt you? No, actually
7: did. When? You did actually. When Go did ahead. I interrupt you? Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: When, no, when did I interrupt you?
7: When you you took five minutes playing the clips, playing you this, said and that your... and I not finished making my point.
1: You said your point. I played the clips, and I brought you back on air. I did not interrupt you, sir. We're going to break, but I'm not going to interrupt you again. I'm going to respond to what you said, and then I'm going to let you finish, because even though we disagree, I believe it's important for you to be able to get out what you want to say and to reply what I have to say, and I don't want to cut you off. Jose, can you hold through the break? Sure. Okay, we're going to go to break. We're going to come back with Jose. If you'd like to join in, uh, we do have a full board right now. Uh, obviously, you heard what we're talking about. This is Mark Romaldi and Brad Bannon in for Leslie Marshall. You can join us at 888 6 That's 888-653-7543. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break.
0: You're listening to The Leslie Marshall Show. Truth for all sides of the spectrum. 888 6 Leslie.
1: Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Romaldi and Brad Bannon in for Leslie Marshall. We are going right up until 4.50 p.m. Eastern. Then we're going to take a break, hear from Talk Media News, and be back with uh, Brad from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, In the meantime, I wanted to go back to uh, Jose, as promised. Sorry, we had a break there, Jose. My apologies for uh, uh, breaking. I had to do that with a hard break, but uh, go ahead with your thoughts.
7: No problem. Uh, so yeah, that's that's pretty much what it is. You know, I don't. I'm not trying to defend anything. You know, any any comments that Donald Trump has said. But again, he is an entertainer, and I'm not saying that Jay Z's lyrics aren't music. But to think that in his regular life that he doesn't say anything like that—that's a lifestyle. I grew up. I grew up in urban Miami, so I know that what the culture is, and I know that the way pe- the, what people speak and what people say behind closed doors—it's not just his song lyrics. The guy's been around. I wouldn't be surprised if he said anything different. So all I'm saying is I'm highlighting hypocrisy, and why couldn't she pick somebody more? You know, she picked Jay-Z to pander to black voters because the black uh, voter turnout is low. Why didn't she pick somebody for the black, you know, the young black youth to look up to? I mean, I'm not saying you can't look up to an artist, but come on, the guy's been locked up a million times for drugs. Like, why don't you get somebody more respectable? It's because the young black community and and, and a lot of black people like Jay-Z to say, hey, Jay-Z's cool, I'm going to vote for you. That's what she's trying to do, and whoever doesn't see that is in denial.
1: You said that you thought it was hypocritical because of Jay-Z's lyrics being misogynistic, to women and that Hillary Clinton is campaigning with him the reason that would be hypocritical is because her opponent has been attacked by her for the things that he has said you cannot expect people not to compare a to b Jose that is insane you're 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 making the connection that someone campaigning with someone a rapper number 1 in their music has lyrics that are offensive to women and vis-a-vis that connection that somehow is even on a minute connection or, or 10 levels of the same level of what Donald Trump has said is a failing argument. The fact that you don't see that tells me that you're not living in reality, sir.
7: I got you. And I never said, again, I never said his music. I, you just misinterpreted what I said. Again, what I said was, I'm not saying what Jay Z said in his music, those are lyrics. So it doesn't have to be realistic. But if you think the way he talks in his music is not the way he actually talks and things that he actually says in real life, you have to be in denial. He's, he's not a saint. You're telling me that from. someone
1: who can't pick... You don't know that! You don't know that,
3: Come
7: number on. one!
1: Number two, you Come don't know on. that. You don't know that, number one. <laughs> and number two, even if he said the exact same thing, oh he's not the candidate. The actual candidate that you're representing, and you have said on these airwaves before that you are voting for, if you could vote, which I know your situation, I won't get into the whole thing, Jose, said this... Yeah.
5: I've got to use some Tic just in case they start kissing her. You know, I'm automatically attracted to beautiful. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. You just and when you're star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Whatever you want. Grab them by the pussy.
1: That is indefensible. It doesn't matter. You cannot make that connection, Jose. It, it makes no sense at all. It is a weak connection, and you should not be making it if you want people to take you seriously. I'll let you have the last word here.
7: Yeah, I'm I'm just saying I'm not saying that anything he said was wrong, but I'm not voting for somebody based on things that they said that may have been dirty. I'm voting based on policy and things that I agree with him that I disagree with Hillary on the way that I look at society. You didn't call and
1: say that. You didn't call and say that. You called and said you thought it was hypocritical that Hillary Clinton had Jay-Z on because of how he is misogynistic towards women. And that is a weak connection compared to Donald Trump's actual words about what he does to women. That is absolutely indefensible. I want to let Brad get in here before we end the subject. Brad, go ahead.
2: Well, uh, first of all, uh, I think uh, that uh, Trump has uh, more than cornered the market on a misogyny uh, in this campaign. Uh, the reality is Jay-Z is very popular uh, with uh, black youth and they're the ones who need the urging to get to the polls uh so uh, I can certainly understand uh why Hillary Clinton uh, wants uh, him to uh, campaign with her uh he she also um has um Katy Perry uh campaigning and uh, giving a concert in Cleveland uh this week uh and I believe uh Bon Jovi is giving a uh, having a concert uh, for Clinton in Philadelphia this weekend. Uh, So it's part of a larger effort uh, to encourage uh, young people to uh, vote uh, on Tuesday. And I think that's very important because a lot of uh, millennials don't vote.
1: I want to go next to uh, Michael in the Bronx, who I know has talked about the African-American vote as well. Michael, as you've told us before, you're an African-American. What did you you have to say on this? Well,
3: uh, there's a lot to say, but Before I get to the point, and you pretty much covered a lot of it, Mark, um, let me also explain, um, if Jose happens to be listening, the difference between um, Jay-Z and Donald Trump. And I think you mentioned it, is that Donald Trump's statements, he's boasting about what he's done to women and what he's doing to women. There's narratives of action in there, and I do not, repeat, do not recall Jay-Z ever engaging physically in such behavior that we would be disrespectful to his pops his um wife uh beyonce so there's your major difference right there now what would i do to um stop trump gentlemen what have i been doing for the past several days weeks as long as you guys know me i've been calling in I've been calling into other shows. I've been blogging on Facebook, things I find. The thing is, we must pass the word about Donald Trump and even stress for criminal investigation. The stuff that he's been doing, not just to women, but to minorities, to um, some of the people that used to work for him, it, being, it pretty much is all criminal and fraud. And it's so, I'm so flabbergasted that. When right-wing trying to keep harping about crooked Hillary and Benghazi and the emails, which we heard a thousand and one times, and she's been clear each and every one, you know, th- all that is just a cover-up to the real criminal, in my view, and that is Trump, his, um, his surrogates, his supporters, anybody engaging in physical assault, you have people threatening violence if Trump loses. I mean, I, this is so important to me, gentlemen, because assuming Hillary does win, okay, there is still that threat of violence that will be fists, weapons, guns. I mean, the Attorney General, this is why I stressed before, we still have two months of the Obama administration and at least two months of um, Loretta Lynch as Attorney General who does not play games. And hopefully, maybe, so we will keep her on board. We're going to need her. We're going to need a good attorney general to be um, pursuing justice and to stop this criminal action. I'm tired of the white privilege. I'm tired of the double standards. I mean, I don't know what else to say except that we must keep everyone focused as to what the hell is really going on here.
1: Michael, I think you make some good points. The other thing I would say is those efforts are designed to intimidate people not to vote, which is exactly why we can't let it happen. If you see something... On election day, if you have any problems, you call 866 our vote. That's 866 O U R V O T E. The other thing I would encourage you, Michael, and others who want to get involved, you feel this anxiousness ahead of the election. As Brad and I were talking about at the beginning of hour one, um, if you don't want to wake up Wednesday morning with Trump as president, you can visit moveon.org forward slash win. You can volunteer to tr- uh, stop Trump and help take back the Senate. If you live in a swing state, you can knock on doors or join their text messaging st- uh, team. If you don't live in a swing state, You can call Swing State voters, ride the free bus to a Swing State, or join their text messaging team. That's moveon.org forward slash win. Yeah, let me say something about
2: what Michael said. Uh, One important thing that goes to Michael's point is that this is the first presidential election, which is not going to be, uh, covered by the Voting Rights Act. Uh, the Supreme Court, uh, uh basically threw out the Voting Rights Act a couple of years ago, and places in the South, uh, where it's, where they, uh, white government officials make it very difficult for blacks to vote uh... and in states uh... like arizona uh... where government issues make it very difficult for latinos to vote and basically because the supreme court uh... ditched the voting rights act a couple of years ago uh... it's much easier uh... for government officials to uh... intimidate uh... voters of color and get away with it
1: that's why people need to vote. I mean, you can make, you still have the power to get it done. You can find out where your polling place is easily online. Um, if you go to vote.org, uh, you can check that out. I want to go next to uh, Tom in Albuquerque. Tom, thanks for joining us, and go ahead with your thoughts.
9: Yeah, well, thanks for taking my call. Um, my my comment has to do with the polling. Um, they're pumping that polls out like it's going out of style. every Every day there's a bunch of new polls out, and I, they always say it's 5%. Either way, as far as accuracy, but to me it seems like it's a much greater percentage because I don't know, understand how they're finding these people, how they're contacting these people, how they're doing it over your internet, email, telephone. I know they use algorithms to run the numbers, but I don't see how it can be that accurate, especially since they sometimes they break it down by race, age, ethnicity, Democrat, etc. So, you know, my question, I guess, would be for Brad. You know exactly how accurate are these because I think the accurate the error rate's greater it's like ten to fifteen percent in my view than five percent well uh
2: yeah I think you're you're on safe grounds there uh, a couple of things uh, first of all, uh, a good and very good example uh, is in two thousand and twelve uh the final Gallup poll uh, had uh Barack Obama up by one point over mitt Romney uh, Obama won by 4%. Uh, and generally in 2012, uh, the, all the national polls were way off. And mainly they were way off because they underestimated uh, Latino turnout. Uh, and I think uh, where many of the poll, national pollsters are doing the same thing this year. Um, I think if you had a more realistic, if the, poll, if the polling pollsters used a more realistic model, uh, voting model, uh, you'd have larger uh, Latino samples, which would make Hillary Clinton's large uh, lead even larger than it now. And uh, the sad fact is that the national polling organizations don't do a very good job job of uh, representing uh, minority voters in their samples for a lot of different reasons, and I think that was one reason, if you look at these polls now, uh, I think Hillary's lead is actually a couple of points higher than it is now, Uh, and the polling, part of the problem is, if anybody does a poll anywhere, it will be reported in the media, regardless of how how much quality is involved in that poll? And I think the media has to do a better job of reporting polling, uh, because they, they'll report anybody who gives them a set of numbers regardless of the source. And second of all, I think the media itself has to do a better job polling, uh, because when in their own polls, they tend to underestimate, uh, non-white voters.
1: Why is that, Brad? Because I've read that as well. I know I've read that some organizations have trouble doing a good job of estimating that vote. Is there is there a reason that seems to be a constant theme?
2: Well, yeah, one very glaring reason, in my opinion, is if you look at the national polls done by the media, uh, typically uh, they don't use Spanish-speaking interviewers uh, to interview Latinos uh, whose uh, prime language is Spanish. Uh, And I think by not using uh, Spanish-speaking interviewers, uh, they fail to connect uh, with many Latinos uh, who speak uh, Spanish uh, ordinarily. So I think that's one reason. Uh, And basically what happened in 2012 is the actual Latino turnout was a lot higher than any of the national polling organizations uh, thought it w- would be. And, again, I think they're running the risk of doing the same thing this year, uh, which leads me to believe that I think they're still underestimating the Latino vote, uh, which means they're underestimating Hillary Clinton's vote. And, again, a lot of them don't even have Spanish-speaking interviewers uh, to speak to voters
9: who speak Spanish. So that's a real problem there. Tom? Yeah, one thing I'd like to say is that, uh, you know, Trump has no ground game in, 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 a lot of, in most of these states. I mean, I listened to the radio the other day, and, and Hillary Clinton had like 33 offices in the state of Florida. You know, people knocking on doors, calling people, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, the Republican Party, from what I understood, stepped away from Trump, wasn't getting that many support in any of the states. And then when they got scared, when they suddenly realized they might lose the Senate, they all of a sudden started you know, going into those states. So, you know, it just seems that he doesn't have any skin in the game in, in so many of these states, but people out actually being there going out there and, and, you know, getting people to vote or, or et cetera. So I think that gives her a big advantage over him because he doesn't have any kind of really national operation set up. Tom, right. you yeah, absolutely point. right about this. I mean, most, you're right.
2: There is no Trump, uh, get out the vote operation anywhere in our great Republic. Uh, Clinton campaign has people on the ground uh, working on getting out the demographic, uh, Democratic vote uh, that, you know, actually, the, I heard today that Clinton said they're going to have several hundred thousand volunteers on Election Day helping uh, to get out the Democratic vote. And you're right. Uh, the Republican National Committee, uh, Trump has no, absolutely no, get out the vote operation of his own uh, the a month ago, you're right again, the RNC, the Republican National Committee, was responsible for all uh, Trump's get out the vote But about a month ago, the RNC decided we're getting out of uh, the presidential campaign, uh, and we're focusing all our efforts on re-electing uh, Republican senators, because the, the Republicans are in grave danger of losing the Senate, and that's where they're focusing on, and they don't uh, care, uh, you know, anything very little. They care very little whether Donald Trump wins or not. Uh, they're putting their eggs all in the save the Senate basket.
1: Brad, real quick, because we got about 30 seconds till break. I know that had happened and they were pulling back. Has that changed as far as you know, or is that still kind of how they're utilizing their resources? No,
2: it hasn't changed. Uh, they are focusing, the RNC is focusing all of its efforts on helping Republican incumbent senators who are in danger of losing. And they are not uh, doing anything uh, in terms of get out the vote operation for Trump. Now, some of the people they turn out uh, uh, to, uh, you know, save uh, Johnson in uh, Wisconsin, uh, vote for Donald Trump. They, they're not going to stop him. Uh, but there's no systematic effort anywhere in this country to get out the Trump vote. Uh, and, All right, Brad, we've
1: got to take a break here, but we'll continue in the next hour. Uh, we're going to come back with Talk Media News, and then Brad will rejoin us from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern. We've got a line open if you want to get in line now. 888 6 Leslie, that's 888 653 7543. Mark Romaldi and Brad Bannon in for Leslie Marshall. Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Romaldi in for Leslie Marshall. We go to talk media news reporter Bob Nay with the latest from our nation's capital. Bob, thanks for calling in, and uh, what do we have on the docket today? Well, thank
10: you, Mark. Well, nothing new on WikiLeaks. When I say nothing new, they've done a dump, they've done a drop. Interesting stuff, don't get me wrong, but nothing like, ah, you know, take your breath away, oh my. And it's it's Friday, so I argue if they have something that's like big-time wow, uh, after today, it frankly things become a little too late. So I just wanted to mention.
1: Yeah, that. it seems like it's kind of turned okay. into almost like tabloid stuff. Like, where you know I what know. I mean? It, it really. It, I, I mean, the, their big moment obviously was when they uh, had the the DNC news regarding Debbie right. Wasserman Schultz, and, and the rest has seemed honestly almost like like tabloid, which which fits well with Donald Trump's campaign, who you know takes National Enquirer as a source against. Ted Cruz's uh, uh, father. Um, let's go to the big news of the day. Uh, what's going on as far as the Justice Department uh, internal civil war?
10: Yes, I'd call it a, a kind of an official civil war or criminal war internally, I guess, with each other. But you have uh, agents just leaking, saying things. Uh, you know, some of them are supposedly uh, for Trump. Some of them are supposedly for Hillary. But it just goes, you know, it really contrary to the. Way the entire operation should have worked. This has been unusual at best. Comey cleared Hillary Clinton back, what was it, in July, and took the unusual step of talking about it. Normally, anyone's announced cleared, and that's it, but he took an unusual step in that process. Then this surprise last Friday, and now the debate. Now, people are saying, well, he should be terminated. Well, there is really, frankly, no way that the President of the United States would terminate Comey today. Bob, you're a former congressman.
1: how how can Comey get uh, uh, get his department under control with all these leaks? I mean, obviously, he, he's responsible, whether he likes it or not, for all these things being leaked. You'd think that, as a boss, he's pretty pissed about all these leaks.
6: He has
10: to be. He can't get it under control, but I, I must say, I hope the system gets it under control. This has been happening in justice before. It happened when I was there. It happened to us, me personally, with the leaks that just shouldn't occur, let things fall where they may in courts of law. And um, I don't think Comey can get this under control. But it's going to take a bigger picture after this election. If they really want to make this system be just, then that has to
1: absolutely stop. Bob, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Have a great weekend, and we'll hear back from Talk Media News on Monday, the day before the election. You can always check out Talk Media News right here on the Leslie Marshall Show each day, Monday to Friday at 4.54 p.m. Eastern. We're going to be back with Brad Bannon and myself, Mark Rimaldi, after this quick commercial break. Top of the hour, we'll be back at 5.06 p.m. Eastern, 2.06 p.m. Pacific to talk about Bridgegate, early voting totals, and some hypocrisy from melania trump on bullying we'll be right back
0: the leslie marshall show a true democracy in talk radio of for and by you the people
1: Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Romaldi and Brad Bannon in for Leslie Marshall. Leslie is uh, taking care of her daughter who unfortunately caught the uh, nasty flu that Leslie had been battling all week, so uh, she's Taking her uh, parental duties uh, on today, so we're uh, just helping her out. In the meantime, uh, this is Mark Grimaldi and Brad Bannon. Brad runs Bannon Communications Research, a polling, message development, and media firm, which helps labor unions, progressive issue groups, and Democratic candidates win public affairs and political campaigns. Brad's also a senior advisor to and contributing editor for Tiller4U.com. That's the social media network for politics. He lectures in political science at Salem State University in Salem, Massachusetts. You can follow him on Twitter at Brad Bannon. Just as a reminder of the past two hours, if you don't want to wake up Wednesday morning with Donald Trump as president, you can do something about it. Obviously, number one vote. But number two, handy-dandy website here, you can go to moveon.org forward slash win. That's moveon.org forward slash win. And you can volunteer to stop Trump and help tape back the Senate. If you live in a battleground state, you can knock on doors or join their text messaging team. If you don't live in a swing state, you can call swing state voters, ride the free bus to a swing state, or join their text messaging team. Just think, again, for a minute, you're waking up Wednesday morning. And Donald Trump is president. And you look back and think, "Eh, instead of messing around on Facebook or watching that half hour of TV when I already watched an hour, there's something I could have done about it. And I can look back and say I did everything that I possibly could. You still have, let's see, today, the rest of Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday to do something about it. So I encourage you to. You don't want to look back and think, what if I had just done a little bit more? Brad, thank you again uh, for joining us. Welcome back. Always a pleasure, Mark. I want to uh, go to a story which also is getting a lot of attention today. Uh, Two former Chris Christie allies found guilty in lane-closing plot. Two former aides to Governor Christie were convicted today of creating an epic traffic jam at the George Washington Bridge for what prosecutors say was political revenge, capping a trial that cast doubts on Christie's claims he knew nothing about the scheme Bridget Kelly, Christie's former deputy chief of staff, and Bill Baroni, a Christie appointee to the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey, were found guilty of all counts against them. Kelly cried as the verdict was read. Baroni showed no emotion. The most serious charges carry up to 20 years in prison. Sentencing was scheduled for February 21st. Both defendants announced they planned to appeal, citing issues including disputed jury instructions. The federal jury took five days to reach a verdict in the scandal that helped sink Christie's Republican campaign for president. The verdict on charges included conspiracy, misapplying the property of the Port Authority, wire fraud and deprivation of civil rights came before the judge ruled on a request by defense attorneys to declare a mistrial in the case. Christie has denied any knowledge of the scheme beforehand or while it was going on and has not been charged. A message left with his office was not immediately returned. Democratic State Senator Loretta Weinberg, who helped lead a legislative effort to investigate the lane closing, said it was a terrible day for New Jersey and a terrible day to have to spotlight on the kind of administration that was run. Nothing shocks me about New Jersey anymore, but it saddens me, she said. I think there's been a spotlight on the Christie administration. I said I didn't care if he knew about it before, during, or after. He set the stage, and people unfortunately got suckered in. Uh, We also have uh, Kelly and Barone testifying. They believe the lane closings were part of a legitimate traffic study. However, uh, one of the most damning pieces of evidence was an email in which Kelly wrote, time for some traffic problems in Fort Lee. Then, as the four days of gridlock unfolded and Fort Lee Mayor Mark Sokolich complained about children unable to get to school, she texted, is it wrong that I am smiling? Uh, The gridlock began on the first day of school and held up commuters, school buses, and emergency vehicles. Uh, As mentioned, Sokolich's pleas went unanswered for four days on orders from Wildstein. The defendants testified um, at the time. Christie was considered a top Republican presidential contender. Uh, He ultimately dropped out. Uh, He's now a top Trump advisor and would be in charge of staffing a Trump administration. Quite interesting. Trump was excuse me. Christie was expected to campaign for Trump in battlegrounds, Pennsylvania and New Hampshire this weekend. Uh, It's not clear whether or not he'll still be doing that. That whether the trial did not definitively pin, uh, while the trial did not definitively pin the scheme on Christie, it reinforces reputation among his critics as a bully, with accounts of profane tirades, threats of bodily harm, and tough guy posturing among the governor and his inner circle. Uh, Christie once threw a water bottle at Kelly in anger. She testified, and Wildstein told the jury that Christie called him Mr. Wolf after the character in the movie Pulp Fiction who is called to clean up dead bodies. Uh, according to testimony, Christie's office also used the poor authority to punish or remote re- reward local politicians. Brad, uh, what are your thoughts on this, uh, this verdict today?
2: Well, this is uh, a blow to the Trump campaign, a serious blow. Uh, first of all, uh, Chris Christie uh, is in charge of the uh, Trump transition team. Now, it's probably good for Christie uh, that there'll be no Trump transaction uh because i think the next shooter drop is that uh governor Christie is going to be indicted for his role uh in the bridge closing and so i don't think you really have time to run a trump transition team so it's generally just as well uh that uh trump's not going to win uh the second thing is uh the, you know, it, at this point in election, there's always uh, talk about uh, possible cabinet appointments. Uh, well, if you uh, look at uh, the possibilities uh, for a Trump attorney general, uh, at the top of the list would be Chris Christie, uh, who was a U.S. attorney. Uh, and the irony of a possible attorney general being involved in a serious breach of law uh, is so delicious, I can hardly stand it.
1: Well, especially when you had that outrageous, like, witch trial that Christie directed during the Republican National Convention listing these supposed charges against Hillary Clinton and then the locker up chant, and it's like you look at actual, finally, a trial, which by the way you know no matter what happened with the fbi emails we have no conclusive evidence at this point even through the the year-long investigation nothing was found definitively as comey said nothing even close to bringing charges even sources have said the emails that they're investigating now there would have to be something significantly different than everything they've already found to rise to the level of something that's prosecutable so you have to let these things play out evidence be examined which it was in this case they thought it was strong enough for a trial, which they're not even at – um, with what was believed to be relevant emails in the uh, Hillary Clinton emails, Yeah,
2: the now, other thing that Christie's going to have to deal with is uh, there. even before this verdict came down today, uh, there was a serious move in the uh, New Jersey state legislature uh, to impeach Governor Christie. Uh, so my guess is he's going to have all sorts of legal problems to deal with uh, very soon. And, uh, you know, I don't think he'd even have time to run the trump transition if there ever was a trump transition which hopefully there won't be and there probably won't be
1: and brad these calls that Christie led at the republican national committee despite you know no evidence you know there being there to talk about any sort of charges being brought uh is has implications on the electorate and just today um you had Uh, An introductory speaker at a Donald Trump rally uh, pushing back against an audience member who shouted execute her about Hillary Clinton. Former New Hampshire Governor John Sununu had been discussing the FBI's emails that he thought may be related to a dormant investigation of Clinton. That's when a man in the crowd Friday in Atkinson, New Hampshire, yelled out execute her amid chance of lock uh, lock her up. While such rhetoric is not unusual at Trump rallies, Sununu paused for a moment to chastise the man. He said, quote, no, you don't need that kind of stuff, really and truly. There's a limit what's acceptable. Sununu did not support Trump in the primary, but now says that Clinton makes it damn easy for him to back his party's nominee. It kind of reminds me of when John McCain had to rebuke that lady in the presidential election who started talking about President Obama being a secret terrorist.
2: Yeah, and and one of the big problems here uh, is that you know, Donald Trump certainly, uh, you know, joined in the Lock Up Hillary, uh, chorus, uh, at the Republican National, uh, convention, uh, and as you just said, uh, uh, Chris Christie did too. Uh, and God knows uh, Rudy Giuliani uh, will tell anybody who happens to be within spitting distance of him that Hillary's going to jail. And what is very troublesome here uh, from a legal and moral standpoint is that the Trump campaign, uh, including Mr. Trump and uh Christie and Giuliani, who both, by the way, should know this because they were both lawyers and both U.S. district attorneys, uh, are basically, uh, uh, you know, are, you know, ex- you know basically cry, you know, executioning uh, Hillary Clinton before she's even been accused, formally accused of a crime. You know, one thing, Hillary Clinton has never been indicted for anything, and you can't be judge, jury, and executioner because that's not the way our legal system works. Uh, And, you know, I I think I'm especially sad to hear this stuff coming from Christie and and Giuliani because they were both lawyers. Uh, They both uh, were U.S. attorneys, uh, one for New Jersey, one for New York, and they should know a lot better. Uh, You know, our legal system specifically makes it impossible for somebody to be judge, jury, and executioner. And that's what Donald Trump and his supporters want to be. You know, hey, lock up Hillary. <laughs> she hasn't been indicted for anything. Uh, and even if is indicted, she hasn't had a trial. Uh, and those formalities, uh, legal formalities, uh prevent gross abuses of uh, civil rights, for one thing, and I just think, you know, Trump administration, you know, Donald Trump wants to be czar of America. He wants to decide um, who's going to be investigated, who's going to be indicted, who's going to be uh, convicted, and who's going to go to prison, or worse, and that's just not the way America works.
1: No, that happens in banana republics, not the United States of America. Uh, We're going to come back after this break with more. It's Brad Bannon and Mark Ramaldi in for Leslie Marshall. You're welcome to join us at 8886 Leslie. That's 8886-537-543. We're going to get to more discussion. We're going to get to more calls. Uh, You won't believe who took a stand against cyberbullying yesterday. The irony uh, can't get much better than that. Uh, We're also going to discuss some early voting totals, Uh, a disturbing story that the FBI is examining fake documents targeting the clinton campaign and uh if we have time we have quite a a, a zinger uh the rnc told the judge that pence doesn't know what he's talking about want to know what we're talking about with that you can join us at 886 leslie and listen after the break we'll be right back after this quick commercial break
0: you're listening to the leslie marshall show truth for all sides of the spectrum 8886 leslie
1: welcome back to the leslie marshall show this is mark rimaldi and brad bannon in for leslie marshall we are going uh right back to the calls we go next to max and charlotte max, you there
11: uh yeah i'm here and uh, I actually want to go vote this morning. And uh, I, you know, I was actually thinking, who am I going to vote for? And uh, to me, the only person that I believe that we should, that we Americans should support is Jill Stein. And the reason why is because what we've been hearing from from you you know, like from what people have been talking about, like the person last hour talking about uh, some rapper. When, why didn't he, if, I mean, to me, I, I, it, he sounded like somebody that was a Clinton supporter because he should have said, hey, you know what? You, you got a problem with Trump? Trump used to hang out with Clinton, Bill Clinton, and Hillary Clinton. So, you know, it, it, oh, we know Bill Clinton for around. Why don't you talk about, you know, he should have brought that up. Why are you bringing up some rapper that most of his, the people who are going to support him aren't going to go out and vote anyway? The problem, that we have the. Max, what the hell uh, does that have to do? Max, Max,
3: What
1: the hell does Jay Z have to do with Jill Stein?
11: No, okay, well, no. What I'm saying is that that person should have brought up Bill Clinton hanging out with Trump if he wants to. The- why? Why are you talking about I- Jay Z? because he was saying about Jay-Z in uh, his I, lyrics. I, Why I'm, you, uh, what, what's
1: but, your point? I'm not, you're really going all over the place here. What's no, your, what's no, your, yeah, what's your know, strong point?
11: I was just saying is, is that what I'm talking about, my point is, is that I voted for Jill Stein because this is the only way that we're going to be able to have a real conversation about what's going on in America. Actually, by voting voting for Jill Stein uh, in
1: North Carolina, you're making it likely that Donald Trump is going to be president if you look at statistically what that vote is actually going uh, to do. So you think under Donald Trump that we're going to talk about issues in America?
11: No, but you know, like I, I, I work on, I work. I, I know we did a whole hour with, about, we
1: did a whole wait. hour about you doing manufacturing. We've talked about no, campaign okay. finance so as reform. As I
11: travel, North Carolina, uh, I, I very much doubt that they're going to support Hillary Clinton. You know, the, I, I don't see any. Well, Hillary they're not Clinton's going to support
1: Trump. Hillary Clinton if people like you vote for Jill Stein. You're basically voting for Donald Trump. No, so no, what, wait, I'm what I'm asking you is,
11: is, have you ever heard of white
1: primaries? What I'm asking you is if Donald Trump is president, would you think America is going to talk you. about I don't issues? Care
11: if- it, it, what I care about is the future of America. And and so you're I'm okay with end.
1: Donald Trump being president? You think that's good for the future of America? Well,
11: this, I, I think it's going to be the same problem with Hillary being president. Right. She's gonna Thank be you for over... your call.
1: I, I think you're all over the place. To say that Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton are the same is absolutely asinine. Their, po- their their positions on the environment, if you're voting for Jill Stein, couldn't be more different. Donald Trump has called climate change a Chinese hoax. Hillary Clinton's, in t- one of her biggest infrastructure plans for our economy is around developing a new energy economy and building out green technology for our infrastructure so clearly you just have not examined the issues and i think it's really sad that people like you are going to make it more likely that donald trump is going to be in the white house and you know what there's people like max out there so that means people like us who have common sense and do care about the environment have to work even harder to make sure donald trump doesn't get into the white house because clearly you just had the paris agreement go into effect today that's really good for fighting climate change donald trump said that he could reverse that so if you care about climate change you damn well better not go out and vote for donald trump you should be voting for hillary clinton because a vote for jill stein literally takes away from hillary clinton being president look at what happened with ralph nader i mean you don't have to check go that that far back in your history books to see what happens Uh, brad would you agree with me on that
2: well yeah i would Basically make the same argument, uh, you did, Mark. Uh, if you look, Donald Trump, uh, wants to repeal, um, all the new regulations, uh, inv- anti, uh, environmental regulations, uh, that came out of the Environmental Protection Agency, uh, during the Obama administration. Uh, and like you said, the difference, uh, between Hillary Clinton's program uh, for dealing with the environment and the fact that Donald Trump doesn't think it's a problem and a hoax is mind-boggling. Uh, if you look at if you Max or anybody else go to Hillary Clinton's website, uh, you can see she has a very comprehensive. Program uh, for dealing with uh, global warming. Uh, yeah, a good example is uh, you talked about the Paris Accords going into effect today. Uh, Donald Trump said uh, that if he was president, he would withdraw the United States from the uh, Paris Accords, uh, and that would be a major blow uh, to an uh, international effort uh, to fight cl- uh, climate. Uh, Uh, climate change uh so uh you know the difference between i know i again i i admire jill stein's environmentalism uh but uh in terms of environmental policy uh
1: brad you're gonna have to hold your thought we're coming up on a hard break this is brad bannon and mark rimaldi in for leslie marshall we'll be right back to your calls after this break Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. Mark Romaldi and Brad Bannon in for Leslie Marshall. We're going to go right back to our calls. We go to Elise in Virginia, uh, Richmond, Virginia. Elise, thank you for your patience, and go ahead with your thoughts.
8: Okay. Um, So I'm Hispanic, and I wanted to mention a couple of things. Um, The first is that most people are pretty unaware of all of the power that the president would have, and if that were Trump, um He has already promised to uh revoke daCA uh which is the dreamer act uh so basically all of those students could literally have somebody you know knocking on their door and deporting them and their families because their families don't have papers, otherwise there wouldn't be daca um and uh he actually wants to uh get rid of due process for deportation. He would basically just pick you up and ship you out um and uh, he wants to deport uh, U.S.-born um, children of um, undocumented immigrants, which means you're actually violating the Constitution by deporting American citizens. And it's happened before, so there's no reason to think it wouldn't happen now. Um, as for the Latino vote and why people don't know what the Latino vote actually is, um, lots of them don't have landlines. They often don't answer cell phones. They often change cell phone numbers frequently. Um, and um, But they are a very tight community. And now in Florida, there are thousands of um, Puerto Ricans that have moved from PR to the mainland because of economic problems. And a lot of them, or the majority of them, are voting um, democrat uh, one girl told me that she had an aunt who was voting republican and the grandmother has uninvited her from thanksgiving dinner so wow. that's how big of an issue it is well, um,
1: when you lay the issues out i can see why especially for a community that has so much at stake in this election i mean i think you laid it out beautifully brad wouldn't you agree
2: well, yeah, let me, I'll add one thing. Uh, you're absolutely right, Lise, about all the things that Donald Trump could do. Uh, but i there's something even more important he could do that would be devastating to the Latino community in this country. Remember, this is a guy who said Mexicans, he didn't say some Mexicans, he said Mexicans coming into the United States are rapists, uh, they're pimps, they're murderers. The problem with having a president like Donald Trump is the president's greatest power is not specifically to do anything, but to speak to the nation. He yes. has a national forum that no other political figure has. And you don't want a guy, at least I don't want a guy, and my guess neither you do, too, uh, who basically thinks uh, Mexican, all Mexicans are criminals and all Muslims are terrorists. You know, he speaks for the nation. And oh, he agree. has an incredible Agreed. power to persuade people, and you don't want to give that power to Donald Trump.
8: Um, and also, um, he made a comment about how he was going to get jobs that went to Mexico and bring those jobs back to the U.S. and that Hispanics would be happy with them. Um, well, the jobs he's talking about is unskilled labor. And, excuse me, I am... Um, An IT professional, I am not unskilled labor, and no, I'm not going to be happy with, you know, an assembly line job that you bring back from Mexico at minimum wage, you
1: know. No, exactly. So, I mean, the, the, the fact, I think you also bring up some articulate points. One thing I would say is I think the Latino vote could very well determine this election. I mean, if you look at the states where it's going to come into effect, like Florida, but also Nevada and Colorado, it's going to be huge. So Arizona, Arizona, I, I would definitely encourage they you
8: think it might even impact North Carolina.
1: Yeah, North Carolina, I mean, Texas even, on the Senate level on a lot of uh, elections. So I would say I just learned about that today, that moveon.org forward slash win. So if you're just looking for a quick tool to share with people who you think will be able to help and want to do more than just vote, I would definitely encourage you to to, uh, share it with them if you'd be so kind. let
2: me say one more thing about what Lee said. Sure, go ahead. The other problem I see with... Trump's plans to, uh, deport undocumented immigrants is essentially my understanding what he says. He's, he wants to create a national police force that's gonna go door to door, uh, round up Latinos and pack them all, uh, Uh, Out of the country, and you know the idea of that kind of basic national vigilante uh, force is incredibly scary, Uh, and it's also probably a violation of the Constitution too. Um, But you uh,
8: know, uh, I was told. I'm sorry uh, to interrupt. I was told that that deportation force can be very easily created by um, implementing the policies that Bush set out after 9/11. Of deputizing police.
2: Well, yeah, in theory, that's true. But let's let's take an example. Uh, let's say Los Angeles. Uh, many undocumented immigrants uh, living in Los Angeles. Um, do you think the Los Angeles police force is going to cooperate with Donald Trump um, and round up? Uh, Latinos and from out of the country? Probably not, since a very high percentage of the uh, Los Angeles City Police Force are Latinos. Uh, and it's a, da- it's, the very concept is dangerous. And I think uh, that part of it is rest of it is very, very scary.
1: Well, and then you're going to have police forces split about some losing their jobs probably for not following orders. You're going to have, uh, you know, police forces split, which if they're derelict of duty, that's going to create other problems. I mean, I think it's terrifying, so I definitely am uh, happy that you're finding that the Latino community you're in contact with is doing something about it and mobilizing again. I would encourage all of them to check out moveon.org forward slash win. I want to play a quick audio clip. Uh, Melania Trump spoke on cyberbullying yesterday and uh, obviously many people found it quite hypocritical that she was concerned about people bullying through social media. Uh, Anderson Cooper uh, quickly pointed that out to Donald Trump's campaign manager Kellyanne Conway following Melania Trump's speech yesterday. Here's what they had to say.
12: You talked about uh, Melanie Trump talking about her her roots, about wanting to come to America, the the privilege of being an American. As you know, she also talked about how children and teenagers are hurt when they're, in her words, made fun of or made to feel less in looks or or intelligence, adding that culture has gotten too mean, too rough. I don't think... I don't know of anybody who would really disagree with that. She said the same thing to me a couple of weeks ago when I when I talked to her right. back then. And even today, the reaction from a num- number of people, mostly her critics, is that uh, her husband is part of the problem. We all know he's made fun of people's looks of people's intelligence. Jake Tapper asked this question earlier of a surrogate. And I think it's the right question to ask. If it's not OK for kids to do this, why is it OK for adults, for Donald Trump?
4: Well, it's really not okay for anyone to do it with, with malicious intent. But, the, you know, I, I hate to break it to the political class or even the media, but most of what's on Twitter are not, is not about politics or journalism. The
12: question is, doesn't this start at home? I mean, I mean isn't the problem at her own dinner table?
4: It does, no, it's not at her own dinner table. The fact that her husband's running for president and defends himself sometimes or tweets things out. Look at all of his tweets. What about his well, tweet about call, what he was doing in the Talking about face wasn't a counterattack.
12: That, was that, that was just an attack. I'm sorry? Talking about Collierina's face was not a counterattack, a counterpunch. That was just mean.
4: And then he went, on, he went on a national stage in front of tens of millions of people, I would presume, and said that she has a very beautiful face, that she's a beautiful woman.
1: I thought that hypocrisy there was perfectly highlighted, as it's been many times by Anderson Cooper. I know, Reggie, you wanted to get in on that subject. Go ahead. Yes,
3: I do. You know, isn't, it, isn't it hypocritical of Melania Trump to talk about cyber bullying, bullying when her very own husband is doing it? And I heard, I heard Stephanie Miller and Randy Roachio over an hour ago saying that she should slap his... The smartphone out of his hand, and uh, you know, in order for him to uh, avoid cyberbullying
7: other people.
1: Well I agree and also there's been it's been documented uh, throughout the United States a lot of different cases it's called the Trump effect of children bullying other children using phrases that Trump's used like saying Trump as they're bullying or talking about building a wall targeting it out uh, targeting people of color Latinos Muslims and using that rhetoric towards them so I think it's the irony couldn't have been more just outlined for me when she was giving that speech everybody's thinking about her husband especially she's talking about social media I mean it was pretty extraordinary to me, Brad, did you, and
2: I mean, you know, I, uh, Uh, someone told, I wasn't watching CNN at the time when she gave the speech, and somebody told me, uh, that she had just announced to a group of women in Pennsylvania, uh, that cyberbullying was going to be a number one priority. And I said, oh, come on, he's, that's not true. I mean, her husband is the exhibit number one in cyberbullying. But then he said, no, she really said that. And by the way, I've just written an article about this, uh, cyberbullying, millennia Trump's uh, argument against cyberbullying. And uh, it will be tomorrow appear at The Hill, uh, which should be uh, thehill.com. And, you know, the other thing I found very strange about uh, Millennia's speech the other day was that she said she came to the United States uh, because uh, Ronald Reagan had made this a great country. Well, surprise, she came to the United States in 1996 when Bill Clinton was president, and Bill Clinton had just pulled the nation out of a dangerous recession uh, created by his predecessor, uh, the first President Bush. So if he's going to thank anybody for coming to the United States and having economic opportunities, uh, it's not Ronald Reagan, it's Bill Clinton. And again, that also, uh, some people would call it irony, some people would call, like me, would call it hypocrisy.
1: We're going to come right back after this break with our final segment. Mark Rimaldi and Brad Bannon in for Leslie Marshall. We'll be right back all right welcome back to the leslie marshall show this is mark Romali and brad bannon in for leslie marshall we've got one more segment to go i want to go next to charlie in phoenix thanks for holding charlie go ahead with your thoughts
7: Hey, uh, you had a, uh, caller on earlier that he said he wanted to, uh, uh, vote, uh, independent. And, uh, you know, you, you went as far as you could to try to talk him out of it. Like, you know, he was, he said he was voting from his heart and his, and his, and, and he believed that either of these two are not real. But when you do something like that, how do you not? Put that into the guise of bullying. You bullied that guy. Oh, don't you don't waste your vote. Oh, you're just blowing wasting time if, if if you vote for an independent. I mean, you know, isn't that kind of hypocritical?
1: You know, I think I think I was getting frustrated with him, but I think your point is well, well taken. No, no, and no. I,
7: you just. You know, why do not you just appreciate what he was going to do? I'm giving you credence.
1: I think you're right. I think I sh- probably should have given him more leverage. The reason I got from just explaining myself, not disagreeing with you, I think you make a fair it point. It doesn't matter. Uh,
7: hey, hey, look, you guys embellish all over the place. It, it's You know, you say what you want to say. Don't back it up with facts. Wait a minute. Course, wait a minute. Wait a
1: minute. I just, hold on a second. I think no, you made a good idiot. point. I just did, Oh, you don't want to hear my answer because you're afraid that I might make a good point? Okay, go ahead. He talked about the environment being his number one concern. He said that's why he was voting for Jill Stein. I said... A vote for Jill Stein, if you statistically look at the numbers, is taking away votes from Hillary Clinton because of the liberal voters who would otherwise vote for the next liberal choice versus a Donald Trump or a Gary Ch- Gary Johnson would be Hillary Clinton, not either of them. So the point I was trying to make, as Brad also brought up, is the COP agreement, the Paris Climate Agreement, went into effect today, which Donald Trump said that he would tear up and would not agree, uh, not would uh, would not honor. Number one, number two, he called climate change a chinese hoax so the point that i made based on those policy positions that have been declared by the candidates that is if, if his number one concern was the environment that i believed he was throwing throwing away his vote and that was frustrating to me so i backed it up with those points
7: so you assumed that he was an so he was ignorant and you were just trying never to, like, said he was ignorant with facts.
1: never said okay. he was ignorant wait a minute i'm trying can to fill can... it with facts you just said i didn't use facts now you're saying i did use facts how do you know how do you know he didn't know that I never said he did or he didn't. If someone knows or doesn't know facts, you still bring up facts in an argument, which at the beginning of this conversation, you just said I didn't do. So did I do it or did I not do it?
7: You did not do it. Okay,
1: great call. Swish. Feel good about yourself. All right, let's go next to uh, Dave in Portland on line five. Dave, if you want to go ahead and tell me I used facts and then didn't use facts, go ahead. Hello? Yeah, hey, Dave, go ahead with your thoughts.
3: Well, uh... You know, um, I'm going to say something that's probably going to really uh, upset a lot of people, and that is that I think a lot of these people who are were Bernie supporters who are now uh, wanting to vote for Joe Stein and for Gary Johnson are exhibiting what I think is the ultimate example of white privilege, because most of these people are probably white, and if Trump becomes president... They're not going to see the serious side effects of his presidency like the minorities are, like women are going to see it, like the poor are going to see it. I think most of these people, they may think that their ideas are principled, and don't get me wrong, they probably are. But the fact of the matter is, they are probably not going to suffer the most under Donald Trump.
1: No, they're insulated from these potential policy changes a lot more than the Latino population is, as at least uh, I thought I did a great job of explaining what's at stake with the Latino population if Donald Trump becomes president. Also, if you look at the way that Africans uh, americans have been treated at rallies by Donald Trump and the rhetoric that he's used toward them, if you look at the rhetoric he's used toward women, the fact that he gave a verbal guide map to Mapped to sexually assaulting women uh these people a lot of white males who are making this decision are insulated from the potential decision that uh would be made if donald trump yeah, was well, president let me
2: say, let me say
9: exactly, exactly.
2: Uh, referring to the call, uh, conversation you had with max in north carolina the first thing to understand is uh he started uh the conversation by announcing he had just voted for jill stein in early voting in north carolina the problem is north carolina The race in North Carolina between Trump and Clinton is very, very close, and that's a classic example of someone, you know, voting for Jill Stein, who may, you know, you know, and enough people in North Carolina do that, you could very that could be the difference between uh, Hillary Clinton winning and losing North Carolina's uh, electoral votes. And the other thing, you know, I understand, you know, I understand. You know, people want to vote for Jill Stein, and I've said this number of times. I admire Jill Stein for a lot of reasons. But one thing that bothers me about Jill Stein and many of her supporters is Jill Stein has said publicly a number of times that she considers a Clinton presidency more dangerous to the country than a Trump presidency. And I think that's absolutely ridiculous
1: especially if you look at what she says her number one concern is which is the environment and the policies I outlined with Max the real policy differences on the environment between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton are drastic I mean the differences between Stein and Sanders and Clinton there's different levels of intervals between their policies on the environment but then you go you know all the way you know around the world to the other policy position of that climate change is a Chinese hoax which is what Donald Trump has said and he would repeat uh the the cop agreement uh the paris climate agreement which went into effect today which would be disastrous because if america pulls out do you think all of a sudden that china and india are just going to say eh we're going to live by that agreement even though america it, america's industry isn't doing it of course they wouldn't and then the whole thing falls apart but anyway thank you for your call uh, i want to appreciate or i want to thank you for your call dave in portland we got a little bit of time left i want to go next to jake in eureka california on line one jake go ahead with your thoughts thanks for calling
9: Hi. Uh, speaking of minor party spoiler candidates, I mean, not only is Joe Stein completely unqualified to be president, Gary Johnson's own running mate, William Weld, is effectively campaigning for Hillary Clinton at this point. A few days ago, William Weld was interviewed, and he said he's going to spend the rest of this campaign trying to defeat Donald Trump. Donald Trump is dangerous. He cannot become president. So Gary Johnson's own running mate is campaigning for Hillary. So, so yeah, guy, Gary Johnson or Joe something. Stein... Yeah. It's not worth it.
2: Yeah, well, said something today, which I thought was very interesting. Uh, he uh, said to a reporter today that his hope is that uh, people uh, in uh, states that are either, you know, very deep red or deep blue... Uh, vote for uh, his ticket mate, Gary Johnson. But he said if you live in a close swing state like North Carolina, please vote for Hillary Clinton, Uh, because too much at stake for the nation's future uh, to let Donald Trump become president.
9: That's right. If you're in Arizona, Georgia, North Carolina, Ohio, Florida, you name it, Do not vote for Gary Johnson. Do not vote for Jill Stein. Vote for Hillary. The nation, the republic, is at stake.
1: I couldn't agree more. Great points. Uh, Thank you for calling in. uh, Jake, another uh, minute left. I want to let Brad, Brad, go ahead, give us your uh, last thoughts here of about 30 seconds. I want to give him the reminder about volunteering after that, so go ahead.
2: Okay, well, this is crunch time. Uh, and just try to imagine what a Donald Trump presidency would be like. He'd repeal, he'd get out of the uh, nuclear treaty with Iran so Iran could start producing nuclear weapons again. He would get out of the Paris Environmental Cor- Accords. Uh, we're going to set our clock back a week, uh, a hour this weekend. But if you vote for Trump, you're setting the clock back for 100 years.
1: And as we talked about, his economic plan has been rated to lose 4 million jobs. Hillary Clinton's has been rated by Moody's, a nonpartisan organization, to gain 10.4 million jobs. If you want to do something about it and you don't want to wake up with Donald Trump as president Wednesday, go to moveon.org forward slash win. You can volunteer a number of different ways. This has been Mark Romaldi and Brad Bannon in for Leslie Marshall. Keep up the good fight and have a great weekend.